All right, everybody, and welcome to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And, uh, oh, boy, there's been a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I, I, I know where we're going to begin because last week uh, we, we recorded the show and it was about 24 hours later that Antonio Brown was uh, finally traded and, and much of that has been the talk all week. And, and so, guys, let's just, let's just start right there. Uh, Chris, did you ever in your wildest dreams think that they would only take a third and a fifth for the best wide receiver in the game right now? No, definitely not. But um, it, it seems like the Steelers were strangleholded into it, uh, back into a wall. Um and it uh it sucks because you know you see what Oda Beckham was fetched for and uh and you look at AB uh guy who was just uh saying he didn't want to go to all these places and then it seemed like the Raiders knew that it seemed like the Raiders knew to stay in put because they knew that AB knew where he wanted to go and it was down to down to just the Raiders it seemed so you're um, not you're not suggesting that there may have been some collusion are you oh yeah. I, I, it, it just seems like it, doesn't it? I mean, they stood. They, I mean, a three and a five. That's really weird for a team to offer that and pretty much stand pat for the best wide receiver in the game. You must know something. Uh, it's just my opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I happen to share it. Yeah, yeah. Ben, what was what was your reaction when you saw that? Uh, it was uh, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Why didn't you just say no? Uh, we're not trading yeah. him. Yeah. Why didn't yeah. you just say no? I mean, no, nah, we're not trading him. He, then he's going to stick around, and and we'll we'll pay his roster bonus. And if you guys want to come back later to trade for him, the price is going up. And my understanding is that initially they were asking for a first rounder plus a player or more picks or more or another pick, you know, mm-hmm. a high pick or or, or additional picks. Uh, then they lowered it to a first rounder. And they got this. And the reason they got it is Art said, no, go pull the trigger. And, you know, I don't know this. I wasn't told right. this. But I think it was just that Art didn't want to pay the roster bonus. And so he said, nah, get rid of him. I'm I'm done with this. I'm tired of it. I'm over it. Go trade him. And basically, it's like what it's what Chris just, just said. I mean, yeah. you know. The the Raiders knew that eventually the Steelers would get exhausted with the process and just say, oh, the hell with it. You know, um, this guy isn't going to give any team assurances that he will report except for the Raiders, which would make me think that he's been talking to the Raiders all along, even though he's never given permission to. So, yeah, right. that's where the collusion comes in. And, you know, I, I realize that, absent an FBI probe, this is going to be impossible to prove, mm-hmm. but my guess is there was a deal in place already, and that Rosenhaus gave the, the Raiders assurances that AB would only go to Oakland and would only give assurances to Oakland that he would report there, and so Oakland was negotiating from a position of strength, and the Steelers gave up their strength and just folded, which, you know, yeah, I, I I wasn't a fan. It's certainly the way it felt to me, and and I I feel the same way. There, the, the the whole thing just worked out too perfectly um, for the Raiders, and and then you know for Mike Mike Mayock, excuse me, 
to, to twice this week basically say, ah, we didn't think he was worth a second round pick. Um, you know, and the one time with him sitting right next to him, it, it, it kind of seemed to me like he was doing his best to, to downplay the whole thing. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, this is where we are. I, I tend to agree. I think, uh, Art Rooney too has uh, a fairly wide, widely held reputation of being a bit cheap. And he, I'm guessing he didn't want to pay Brown the two and a half million because he's cheap, but also because he probably was so sick and tired of Brown that he didn't want to have to deal with him anymore and just said, make the deal. Let's get out of here. Let's move on. And, you know, we'll take the, the, the public relations hits for, for 48 hours or whatever it is. And, and then we get back to, to preparing for the draft. And I, I think that's, that's ultimately what they did. I, I find it, I find it comical absolutely comical that Brown, number one, he shows up 50, that's 5-0, 50 minutes late to his presser in Oakland. And, and I, true to my form. yeah, totally Absolute, true to form. Yeah. And I, there's a rumor out there that Gruden even asked him to cut his hair. Um, but I, I don't know how true that is, but you know, he definitely ditched the blonde mustache and the blonde hair and, you know, and, and then the blue hair. Yeah, and then they do this thing where he shows up at Derek Carr's house. Oh my God, I, you know, I, I just quick question guy, for I, you guys. What's that? It's a quick question for you guys. Fire um, this two point five million roster bonus. Um, do you pay that? Is it worth it to potentially get a first round pick instead of the three and the five? Yes, I would say so. Without hesitation, yeah. I say yes, but. You know, I also have to try and put myself in Art Rooney's position right. in so much as at this point, he probably doesn't like Antonio Brown. I know I wouldn't if I were no. in his position. No. I sat down with him. I was given assurances that the circus on social media and with the media was going to stop. And it not only did it not stop, he turned mm-hmm. up the intensity. Yep. So I don't like the guy. And I I. It isn't just a matter of wanting to save the money. I'm also pissed, and I don't want the bad taste in my mouth of having to give someone I dislike $2.5 million. So I understand it. Mm-hmm. I just don't condone what happened. Do you understand? Yeah, definitely. I, I, yeah, I'm right with you. I, I, I think that's exactly how this this whole thing broke down, um, and, and I, I do agree. I would have... I would have rather, from from an outsider's view, I would have rather paid that two and a half million and and ultimately gotten a first round draft pick, um, because now, you know, you look where we're at. We're sitting there with ten picks, and and I don't think any of us uh, on this show are under the impression that the Steelers are going to use all ten of those picks. Um, they they've got to you know be planning, and we'll we'll talk about this at the end of the show. But they got to be playing something with those picks, whether or not. It works we don't we don't know yet it's you know it's not madden but um you know be that as it may the brown saga is over um and and the team has moved on and and i you know now, now the target is ben roethlisberger who I, I don't know if you guys saw it but it had to be one of the worst articles i've ever seen in my life they interviewed josh harris of all people um and isaac redman who was adamant that his comments were taken out of context and basically saying that Ben Roethlisberger was this horrible teammate and everything. And um, I, I just, I'm so tired of all this crap. I'm, I'm proud of Ben for not saying anything. 
which we know during the season, we wish he would be like that more often, but you know, it, it's just, it's just so ugly. And I, I don't know about you guys. In fact, no, I do know about you guys. Uh, we're excited to get to the draft and, uh, and, and move real on quick. There. Yeah. Why, if you're doing an article on a quarterback, yep. you're telling me you're going to interview mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. two guys who you, the guy who you're, talking about was handing the ball to not throwing to not blocking for you couldn't get an offensive lineman or a receiver who are directly correlated to the position of quarterback you're talking well, about that guy, doesn't that wouldn't I mean, fit the narrative he's not, got they, an they're offensive not, they're not leaving on bail they're not Jalen samuels you know getting uh you know getting the the ball from roethlisberger directly via mm-hmm. pass um these guys josh harris i mean who is josh harris in in, in the grand scheme of things the guy probably has a career, one career reception. Um, Isaac Redman, um, I know he did all he said was great things. He was not known as a pass catcher. How are how are you going to tell me that a relationship between a quarterback and a running back even isn't is even all that important? I, I don't. I just don't see the correlation. I, I think that he, the, the the guy, the author, should have really been for a receiver and or a uh, offensive lineman, directly correlated to the position of quarterback. Well, I, I think when you look at the fact that those were the two people that would interview, sit down and talk to him, speaks to the fact that either he didn't try hard to talk to other people or other people just weren't going to get involved. But, I mean, neither one of these guys has been with the Steelers for, for what, four or five years? And, yeah. and Harris was there. Isaac like, Redman was last with the Steelers in 2013. And Josh exactly. Harris was, was active with the Steelers for two games. Two games! And, no. and, and I'm telling he was on the I'm, roster for five, but he was active for right. two games in 2014. How are either one of these guys supposed to comment on the yeah. current climate in the locker room when they haven't been there for four or five years? Exactly. I, I, the whole thing to me is ridiculous. And you know, yeah, it's it's targeting. Josh, yeah, it is. Josh Harris, though, has has aspirations toward playing in the AAF. At least according to his Twitter account, I don't know how he thinks that's going to happen when he's talking trash about former teammates. You know, I don't, I don't know of any team that's going to be, you know, anxious to sign him to bring him on when he's doing shit like that. And to be perfectly frank, as long as I followed the guy, and it's been a little while now, about a year, uh, he has a problem with Ben. I don't know what his deal is. I, I I honestly have never taken it seriously. I'm just kind of like taking it with a grain of salt. Okay, whatever. This guy doesn't like Ben. He's pissed. Yeah. He's got beef with Ben. It is what it is. Uh, Redmond came out and and tweeted something and said, look, I don't know how these comments would have been reported as something saying something bad about Ben. That's not what I said. Mm -hmm. You know, he was a great guy. He was a good teammate. He was a good leader. The end. So, yeah. I, you, you wonder if Harris didn't, um, you know, hand Ben a ball one day and say, "Will you sign this?" And, and Ben didn't sign it. Yeah, I mean, that's how petty he sounds at times. Kinda. Um, and I, I just, I think it's, it's, you know, it's Robert Klemko. That's the thing that really bothers me is because Klemko yeah. is actually he's credible and he's respected, and that's I, the thing. I'm like, this is beneath you. This is crap. It's muckraking. Definitely. And I, I thought just, the same thing. Yeah, that way, way beneath him, and. It's pretty obvious, given the sources that he got the information from, that he just took quotes from guys that made the case he wanted to make. 
You know, yeah. you you alluded to before to oh well, he can only get a couple guys to talk to him. No, I think he probably got a bunch of guys to talk to him because he is respected. You know, or could have gotten a bunch of guys I, I, to talk to him. He probably yeah. got a handful of guys when he finally got a couple of guys to go on the record with the narrative that he wanted to prove. Mm-hmm. He used mm-hmm. those quotes, and that's it. He stopped. And that's yeah. like I said, that's beneath him. He's uh, wow. I, mean, I, I don't know what I don't else even... to say. It was a hit I don't even beat. know if that was a yeah. I don't even know if that was a four hundred article or four hundred uh, word article. I mean, it was just it, it was like here's the quotes and and that's it. You know, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to spend any more time on it. It, yeah. it was just atrocious. And and anyway, but you're uh, you're listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by twenty six shirts dot com slash Pittsburgh. And uh, right now, of course, you can you have a few days left to uh, get the Steel City Pride shirt with kind of a uh, side view of Heinz Field and then a little different take on the on the uh, hypocycloids and stuff as well. And uh, as you know, we're big fans of 26 shirts. Uh, great shirt, comfortable Eight shirt. Bucks. Eight bucks goes to, in this case, um, the Johnstown um, – oh, shoot. No, Cinderella Project. Cinderella Project. Thank you. My God, I can't remember anything today. Um, but yeah, we, you know, the spiel, if you listen to the show, please, uh, please get over there and visit 26 shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. Um, okay. So the Steelers did do a little work in free agency this week, guys. Um, just, just very, uh, uh general thoughts on, uh, on the signing Chris of, of, uh, cornerback Steven Nelson. He comes from Oregon state and, uh, spent the first four years of his career in Kansas city. Uh, what are we looking at with Steven Nelson? Uh, he's a guy I liked out of Oregon State. I think that was the draft where I actually started to like really get into scouting. But mm-hmm. um, uh, I liked Steven Nelson. I, I thought he would be a nickel because of his size, but he actually plays bigger. This is what I've learned since then. Um, he actually plays bigger than what he's listed, uh, which is a huge plus because um, sometimes smaller guys tend to you know, blame the height or, you know, mm-hmm. can't do what they can do physically, but uh, he can get up. Um, he can run with, run with some guys. I know he got burnt by um, Brandon cooks, but he ended up catching up to him, has some good catch up speed and um, track the ball with his eyes to the receiver, which is hard to do. Um, yeah. And he looked with the receiver's eyes, saw the ball coming down, um, gets his hand in there. That's hard to do. That's experienced stuff. So um, looking forward to that coming into Pittsburgh also. Um, his four interceptions, um, awesome stuff by him as well. Uh, and they weren't they weren't easy interceptions either. They were some uh, some reading and reacting, um, jumping the gun and jumping the routes um, like that from him. Uh, I just need to look at his tackling so far. Um, I haven't gotten into the tape um, extensively, so his tackling is what uh, – I have to really get into, but for ball skills and um, traits wise, um, I like the move. Um, he's the highest average per year. Um, was it um, contract free agent, free agent yeah. contract that the Steelers have ever given out? Um, which is it's, it's going to keep happening over and over because of the salary cap rising. But uh, right. some, something to note, and uh, it's a, a deal where the Steelers, I think Ben, if you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, uh, can get out after year one. Uh, they could, it's more of a two year deal with an mm-hmm. option for a third. Okay. Then. The yeah, way I read it. Um, he's got a $3 million roster bonus due early in 2020. Uh, just that's pretty typical for their deals is the second year they've got, it's punitive from a, a dead money standpoint. 
And there's also a $3 million roster bonus due. So the guy can get right back into free agency if he's cut before that roster bonus is due. And hey, Ben, um, I'm going to interrupt you right now because we, we had somebody ask us following the show last week to explain dead money. And, and yeah. you just mentioned it regarding Nelson's contract. G- give us the layman's uh, uh, definition of what dead money is. Well, I'll give you, a, you know, here's a good example uh, yeah. right now. Uh, Steven Nelson got a $7.5 million signing bonus. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's got a three-year deal. So $2.5 million per year is going to be accounted to his deal for three mm-hmm. years on a prorated basis for his signing bonus, right? So it's just it's just accounting. Now, if he were cut at the end of this year and he was not paid that roster bonus next year, he would still have two years remaining on that prorated money, okay? Two years at $2.5 million each. That's $5 million total. That $5 million would all hit the cap next year and it would be $5 million in dead money. So that, in short, is what dead money is. In Antonio Brown's case, he had three years remaining, mm-hmm. a little bit over $7 million per year that was that was to be hitting the cap on a prorated basis based upon right. his signing bonuses. Um, you know, the long and the short of it is, dead money is just something that, goes into the calculation for your overall cap space. Cap space is cap space. And that's yeah. really the way that, that fans need to think about it. It's just cap space is cap space. Money doesn't come off the cap or go on the cap uh, when somebody leaves. When somebody leaves, you know, that money's already been accounted for. When somebody gets signed, that's when money gets added to the cap. You know, you don't have as right. much space anymore. Uh, think about it in those terms. Yeah, and that and that example you gave the the Antonio Brown the three years the seven million. That's why the dead cap hit is is twenty one, right? Right. That's correct. But yeah, I mean the net the net when Antonio Brown was traded was actually about a million dollars added to the cap because he was due to count mm-hmm. twenty two million this year instead he only right. counts twenty one. Uh, but you know, you got $21 million on your cap for a player that's not there anymore. That, that's right. not a good thing. Nobody ever no. wants that. No. No, but at the same time, nobody ever wants to deal with what they dealt with. Um, but, Ben, what what are your thoughts on Steven Nelson? Uh, I mean, is he, is he just plug and play? Does he just go right in there across from Joe Hayden? Yeah. He uh... – I mean, looking at their personnel, <laughs> he's <laughs> upgraded. <laughs> He's yeah. an upgrade to Cody Sensabaugh and Artie Burns. Um, probably, not probably. He doesn't play bump very well. Um, he's a good zone corner, mm-hmm. good off-man corner. Um, you know, yeah, he's smart. I liked him coming out. I wish he was a little bit bigger, but, you know, that kind of is what it is. Um, he's right. a decent tackler on the edge. Uh, yeah, I think they overpaid, but... You know, be perfectly frank, if you want to get players before the the actual signing period begins on the first day of the league year, if you're negotiating with players during that quote-unquote legal tampering window, you're going to overpay. It is what it is. You're going to overpay. And if if you decide that you have to get one of those corners that's available during that period because he's going to be gone if you wait, 
then you're going to have to pay him more than he's actually worth. Um, so I think they overpaid a little bit. I don't, I don't think he's worth quite eight and a half million dollars a year, but he's definitely an upgrade to what we had. He's overpaid right now. Um, and I agree with his play slash statistics, how they're trending. Um, if they keep going the way they're going, he might be on par for, um, a pretty value contract, a pretty good, solid on par, um, contract if he keeps going the way he's going and improving because he has been improving definitely definitely um as he had a very good year last year mm-hmm. yeah he I had mean, a well, he had an okay year on a really bad defense well Horrible. what i'm speaking yeah is more towards just his his arc you know from his rookie year i i think it was probably his his best year and and i mean he only had four interceptions but <clears throat> nobody on the steelers had four interceptions so you know well, there's there's a start at least and i think you have to look at the fact that i think the chiefs defense was thrown on more than any d in the league and i would that, guess that yeah that makes sense Nelson because was the most targeted corner in the league too yeah he, he was um but I think they were the most thrown on defense in the league, and it's because the teams they were playing were always behind. <laughs> yes. So you have to you have to take that into consideration when you're evaluating his performance. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, definitely. Um, the the other uh, big signing they had was a wide receiver, which seemed to be uh, quite quite obvious they would be targeting with with Brown taking off. Um, but they go ahead and they get uh, Dante Moncrief. Um, who spent his first few years with the Colts and and had a little bit of time with Andrew Luck, but also didn't because of Luck's um, issues there with his shoulder. And and then he went to uh, Jacksonville for a year and and actually had some decent numbers for for playing with with Blake Bortles. Um, so, Chris, where where do you fall with Moncrief here? I mean, is this a guy that 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 you can look to for? you know, I don't know, 70, 80 catches, or is that going way too far? Um, it, it depends because if they draft a receiver high and he ends up coming into camp prepared and maybe a James Washington doesn't or maybe a, mm-hmm. um, a, a Moncrief doesn't, you know, doesn't. there's a lot of factors that go into it. But oh, yeah. um, I, I think the thing with Moncrief is, is that he's a red zone touchdown machine and he can play the X, the Y, and sometimes – sorry, the X, the Z, and sometimes even um, the Y slash the slot. And uh, I think that's what they liked about him. Um, He doesn't really have any special teams value, so expect him to be um, in the offense pretty heavily. Um, Has some trouble staying healthy, but um, a guy um, who I don't think has hit his peak yet, and it it really – some players get drafted into a situation where it just kind of sucks. Um, yeah. And sometimes you can't help it. And, you're, you're and sometimes it's just bad it. luck. I mean, yeah, his second year yeah. in Indy, they played three different quarterbacks, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's hard to fault him. And I don't think he's hit his peak and hit, you know, his stride yet. And I think that he feels that Pittsburgh is somewhere where he can kind of settle down and hit his stride. Um, which is awesome. And his dad's a huge Steelers fan, which is yeah, cool too. I saw that. Um, so I, I'm all about it. And I think that um, uh, Eli Rogers has to be like, oh, crap. Uh, my spot is not safe whatsoever. And to be honest with you, I don't think it should be safe. I'm not really no. a huge Eli Rogers fan. I think that we should be drafting um, a guy who can play inside and out. And I think that's, that's what's going to happen. So don't uh, – I don't think we should be counting on a big receiver anymore i think we should be looking at a guy maybe around six foot 
um, guy who can mm-hmm. play the slot and outside and be moved around because that's how um, that's how AB was. You know, he moved around and uh, mm-hmm. so looking forward to it. Um, I'm all about it. Okay, yeah, Ben, uh, what do you what do you think about Moncrief? Uh you know he's a he's a big, tall, fast guy. Obviously, he's had some issues with drops. Uh, I'd like to see him get past that. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's been pretty good in the red zone, as Chris has pointed out. Um, he doesn't have to do. He doesn't have to be the man in Pittsburgh. That's going to be Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, the thing he's got to do is stretch the field and open things yes. up for Juju. Juju does his best work out of the slot. Although he can play the X as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, actually Juju can play all three spots. He just, he does his best work out of slot. Um, so you want to, you kind of want to gear it so that he can do his thing. And the other two guys are pulling attention away from him, you know, via the safeties. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I think he, he'll probably be a pretty good fit. He's had really bad luck with quarterbacks to be perfectly yeah, frank yeah um you know luck with all the shoulder problems you alluded to that already and then blake bortles is is bortles i mean <laughs> you can't <laughs> you can't hold that against him because when you got a quarterback that bad throwing at you it is what it is man I yeah mean, yeah you know i i i do think you know, Chris talked about Eli Rogers. I think we have too many slot receivers right now, personally, anyway. Even if Moncrief wasn't there, right. um, you've got Switz, who's a, who's a slot only, and he's probably going to make the team on returnability alone. And you've got Juju, who does his best work out of the slot, and Rogers. I don't know if you really need a slot, to be frank even going into the draft. I like player flexibility though. So I kind of like Chris's idea, but I definitely want a guy who can play outside and they need to start grooming somebody. I don't know if they need to take somebody in the high rounds, but mm-hmm. you know, we said the same thing when they drafted Juju, when they took him that day, we all yeah. agreed he was going to be a good player. We were like, yeah, you're going to love the player, but they don't really need a wide receiver this year. Well, yeah, it turns out they actually did. So yep. Yep. if there's a really good value on day two at wide receiver, and you're sitting there, and maybe you just got to take them. <laughs> well, and, and you know, I was going to ask Chris that because you know, <laughs> I mean, there are a couple of pretty good size receivers in this draft that mm-hmm. you know, and we all know the story about Ben and tall receivers, blah blah blah. But it, you know, there is definitely something to be said for for guys that are flexible and guys that can play the X, the Y, the Z. Um, but but at the same time, I wonder. You know, do you just want that one guy who can just, you know, get down the field, go up, grab balls, uh, make combat catches in the end zone and a red zone type thing? You know, so I, I don't know. I, I, I see what you're saying with Eli Rogers. I definitely understand that part. But um, I, I'm wondering if, if maybe that's not part of their plan, too. And I, I could be totally wrong because I usually am. But um, just just a thought there. Um as far as uh, uh, other other signings, uh, the Steelers also kept Anthony Chiquillo. Uh, to, you know, is it fair to say none of us are like huge Chiquillo fans? I thought you were. Uh, I love his hair. I mean, I'm jealous of that. Like you wouldn't believe. Um, I mean, the, the guy has got like the flowing locks of a Greek Adonis. But outside of that, sorry, uh, good special teamer. But I, I 
just two years, eight million bucks. Um, I, I think it's a fairly friendly deal going into that second year, isn't it? It's a one-year deal yeah. with an option for a second. It's they they match the deal, the, the terms of the deal the Pats offered, and it basically. I'm not going to get into all the nitty gritty, but the Steelers are going to have to make a decision at the end of this year about whether or not they want to keep him in 2020 and, or cut him. And if they decide they're going to keep him, they're going to have to extend him and do some kind of a, of a restructure via that extension because his cap number in 2020 is $6 million. But the deal really when you get down to it is it's a $3 million one year deal, which I still think is too much money for, for Chicolo, but yeah, you know, with an option for a second year at 5 million, you know, so they basically are saying, we know we don't have enough depth at outside linebacker. We don't have mm-hmm. a choice. We had somebody come in and offer this guy this much money. We right. have to match it. I kind of wonder if the Pats didn't see that, situation and realize that if they offered this to Chiclo, the Steelers would match and it, it puts one of their rivals, yep. know, their their competition, yep. one of their competitors in a bad situation because it eats up some of their cap space. Um, I'll be honest. I might've done the same thing myself. It's, it's yeah. an admirable move and then they need pass rushers. And, and the thing that he does almost decently is Russ the Pasher. Now mm-hmm. I think he's a terrible run supporter. Yeah. I think he's awful in run. Um and he's you know he's not real good in coverage. He doesn't do all the things you want a linebacker to do. But is he their third best outside linebacker today? Yeah he probably is which doesn't say a whole lot for uh, the depth at that position. I, I have to admit that when I saw that New England was was you know pursuing at, Maybe you guys thought of this too. I thought of Mike Vrabel. Um, now, Vrabel, where would you rank him versus Chiquillo at this point in their careers? Because Vrabel wasn't really doing much in Pittsburgh, but then went to New England and had a really, really good career. Um, and I, I just uh, had that, you know, I just had that gut feeling about me when I saw that. You know, I. I don't know. I, I, I Vrabel yeah. had a pretty good career. He had an admirable career. He was a smart player. Yep. I, I don't think he he had a very very good career. Although he did win, okay. did he win three rings? I yeah, he won he three did. rings. Yeah. So that's you know that's great, and it, and he was absolutely a serviceable player. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't even put him on the Heinz Ward level in terms of of being a successful player. And mm-hmm. I don't think Heinz is ever going to make the Hall of Fame. Okay. Well, that that's a topic for another show. Holy cow! Uh, L.J. Fort goes to the Eagles, guys. Uh, Chris, um, what does that do for the inside linebacking core? Um. Oh, you stink! <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, now we're going props. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's analysis, folks. That, that is uh, that is top notch. I mean, you, you know, uh, we we need more prop comics in here like that. Uh, I, you know, did I even get your thoughts on Jaquillo? If if I didn't, I'm sorry. Go ahead with him and then Fort. 
yeah, I'm not a huge Chick fan. Um, a guy who there's no reason that he should be back. Uh, I mean, a converted defensive lineman slash mm-hmm. he's projected to be a five tech in the league, lost weight. Um, I don't think he does really anything well, to be honest with you. Um, I think um, Ola Adeniyi is better than him right now. I, I don't see any reason for Chick to be on this roster. Um, I would have shipped him or let him go to New England. Go ahead, go suck there instead of sucking here. I don't think there's any room on this roster for bad players. There's no room on this roster for bad players. Him, Grimble, McCullers, uh, Jordan Berry. I, I can go off on a tangent right now because I'm not going to. There's no room for bad players um, on this roster. Pass. Duly noted. Pass. Uber Duly pass. Noted. Uber pass. All yeah, right. Let's, so what let's talk we... real quickly about about Fort because I, yeah. I want to get this point across. Yeah. I wanted LJ Fort to be cut. I know this is not a popular opinion. Oh, how dare you! In Steelers Nation, I I wanted him not to be cut, but but not to be resigned because they need to do something at inside linebacker. And sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. They said that when Columbus got to America, he burned his ships. And he did so because he needed to motivate his crew to tell them, if you don't start working and hard, we're never leaving. <laughs> wasn't, that, wasn't that Cortez? Was it Cortez? I think it was Cortez. Sounds good history to me. lesson, kids. Thanks. The theme is, uh, <laughs> the, the theme is still uh, aligned. The point, the point being, you know, <laughs> I mean, he, LJ Fort wasn't really a ship. He was more of a lifeboat. But, uh, you know. We need the team to build a sailboat here, and the only way to do that in this instance, in my opinion, the only way to assure that was absolutely what was going to happen was to put a hole in the bottom of the lifeboat and let it sink. And they did. They let him leave. Yeah. And he didn't sign for much money. And, you know, I, good luck to you, bud. We all like you as a player, right. but we don't love you as a player. I'm, well, I have the yeah. I have this, the same opinion. Sorry, Mark. I have the no, same opinion, but with a different twist. Go ahead. I I'm in the same boat. Oh, that's a bad, that's a bad pun. That's a good um, pun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, because apparently is a uh, a hole in the bottom of it. I don't want to be in that boat. But um, <laughs> I think for leaving is a is a good thing, and only because of what Ben said. With you know, we have to write 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 the ship. I get another pun. Damn it. Um, but I think his skill set is exactly what the Steelers are going to um, infuse via the draft. So I don't think there's room for him anymore because his skill set, a three-down linebacker, a guy who can play on third downs, is mm-hmm. what they're going to um, really sought after in the draft and really need. So there wouldn't be much room for um, Fort and his skill set, I don't think. Um, he wasn't good against a run. But um, was was you know decent in the past game. I think that um, that they should move Bostic to the um, to the Buck, and then uh, Matikavich should, shouldn't be on the roster. Or he should be the last linebacker. But um, I think oh, that, um, you know, it's, oh, he's starting. He's starting starting Buck. So okay, so you put Bostic behind Vince. Yeah, if they're not going to cut him, correct. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, no, I know. I can see that. Infuse a, a rangy. Uh, coverage linebacker at uh, at the Mac. I, I'd I'd like I'd love to see that. And and my gripe is is pretty much what you just said. L.J. Fort was a third down linebacker only, and he wasn't mm-hmm. that good at it. He was a practice superstar who never converted that into 
game time superstar. And, you know, let him go do that someplace else. They're going to want Edmonds to, to fill in there as well. I think that's why they drafted him, which brings me to another point where we knew we need another strong safety um, if Burnett does get cut because Edmonds really might end up being a, a third-down linebacker, which also makes um, LG Fort um, expendable. What about – I think that's why they What about – since we're on the subject of the draft, let's just keep going with this. Sure, what about yeah. drafting a true free safety and moving the other two, moving Davis and, and uh, Edmonds up? Uh, I don't move Sean Davis anymore just because <laughs> he's moved every, every year. I think it's Sean Davis or bust with the future there. And I don't think that they're going to have too much confidence in him. Uh, I think yeah. they're going to need a free safety for the future. And I think they're going to let Sean Davis go um, in the end. They're going to mm. end up needing a new free safety. That's why I think, um, I don't know though. He, he had a decent year last year, not great in the tackle area, but um yeah, improved. I thought he was better at strong. I I thought he 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 got a little mm-hmm. better at free safety as the year went along, and it gave me some optimism. But he didn't quite do what you I. You gotta have him ball skills, man, and some range. And yeah. it's just not there. That's I'm where sorry. I was gonna go. The turnover creation yeah. was not there. Um, so so guys, before we wrap things up, um, you know, we're sitting here with ten picks now. I, I think they've got a little bit of ammunition here to move up. The question is. How much are they willing to use and how far do they truly want to go up? But And we still don't really know just how everybody's going to feel about Devin White and Devin Bush, you know, in, until the draft is a little bit closer. And and now Michigan had their pro day today. Um, but, but you know, LSU, I think, still has to have theirs. But, um, you know, how far, uh, Ben, how far should they move? And, and at what point do you say, nope, 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 that's too far. It's giving up too much stuff. Uh, no, I hate to do this to you, but it depends. Uh, you've got, you've got Cincinnati up there in front of you and they have a needed linebacker, but they also have a huge needed offensive tackle. Mm. So for example, if, if Devin white gets past Cincinnati, where are they? Ninth? Yeah, I think so. No, no, because Buffalo's ninth. So where's Cincinnati, Chris? 10th? Uh, they are 11. They're 11th. So if Devin White gets past them, then you're not really worried about it because one of those two is going to be there. Um, yeah. I'm not really a huge Devin Bush fan, to be perfectly frank. I, he's Nor a little I. short. His arms are a little short. I think he tries to run around too many blocks uh, or go under blocks. And I know you can mm-hmm. get away with that crap in the, in the Big Ten, but you can't in the NFL. Um, he's going to have to learn to stack and shed. So – I'm not a huge fan, um, but a lot of people are. And, you know, yeah. I've been wrong before, and maybe I will be this time. Uh, but getting back to where we were going, one of the two of those, how far is too far? You want to make sure that you are far enough up that Baltimore can't get in front of you to take your linebacker because they had the same need, and they have two third-rounders. Mm-hmm. But you also want to kind of look at what happens in front of you if both of them are still available at 12, chances are you're going to get one of them. Well, and, and that's that's ultimately what I'm getting at is because if if somebody, I mean, I, I can sense a little bit of perhaps movement, you know, of, of teams that are already 
in the eh, high teens, maybe you know, uh, sneaking up a little bit there, and then we're then we're out of luck on both guys, maybe. But Chris, what you know, same question to you. What what's too far, and and um, what's maybe just right? I'll stick to analytics here, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, okay. I'm going to go to the trade value chart. Um, giving up the 66 pick in the third round. Oh, sorry, okay. six pick overall pick. Our first um, third round pick. That's the second pick in the third round. Um, we're getting right in front of – that would be us trading with Atlanta at 14. Um, if we do our other third round pick, this is the 83rd pick, yeah. um, we are right in front of Carolina, at six, that, which would be 16. So 16 or 14. Uh, so that would be spots. That, that's the trade value chart range. If you're just giving up a third. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so, so changing our exchanging our first round and one of our thirds. Correct, sir. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think this is going to be an interesting question as we get closer to the draft and, and we see exactly, you know, especially if quarterbacks start creeping up the board, you know, there's already talk about um, uh, Haskins, you know, moving up a little bit. Um, you never know with the kid from Missouri. Uh, you know, there's just quarterbacks always get, you know, overdrafted anyway, but you just wonder by how much and, and how much that makes a difference. Um, it's been a crazy week, guys, and we've covered a lot of stuff. Uh, ben, any uh, parting shots here before we wrap it up? Uh, no, man, I'm I'm exhausted by this stuff, man. I I'm, feel the same. I feel the same. I'm so ready at this point for camp to start and all this crap to to be over with. I one quick point. We I know we talked about it earlier, but mm-hmm. you know Ben Roethlisberger, he has his flaws, guys. He's he's overly candid. My understanding is he's not a real super warm guy with the whole mm-hmm. locker room. Maybe he's not as good a leader as he could be. But he doesn't deserve the lambasting he's taking right now in the media. Yeah. It, this is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. It's entirely possible for Ben to air and for Antonio Brown to air even worse. And that's what happened here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I uh, well said. Yep. And uh, Chris, any thoughts? Yeah, Le'Veon Bell lost. I don't care how you say it. <laughs> he did. He did. But you know what? He bet on himself. And he, yep. and he lost, yep. and I, I don't really fault him for it. I mean, he he did what he did. Yeah, but yeah, he lost. You're right, he did. I I agree, and and that's a great spot to uh, wrap things up. And uh, no pun intended, because I think Le'Veon just dropped a, a new rap album, uh, which I will not be listening to. Uh, in any case, call uh, Le'Veon lost. Le- Le'Veon. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm sure it's his pinned tweet on his Twitter profile, so uh, we can we can check that out. Anyway, uh, another good show, and uh, thank you for listening, everybody. And hey, uh, whatever um, you know method you use to listen to the show, whether it's uh, Google Play, iTunes, uh, or you listen right from the the website, Spreaker app, whatever. Please take a moment and uh, give us a review. Give us uh, uh, some some stars or whatever it is, depending on uh, what review you're doing and everything, we would surely appreciate that. And um, as always, thank you for listening. We uh, hope to inform, entertain, and, uh, you know, make you make you long for the Steelers back on the field again. Uh, for Chris and Ben, this is Steel Dad, and I'm signing off. This is the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And hey, go Steelers.